Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. It's the Marketing Madhouse. I'm Moira Vetter, your host for Marketing Madhouse. And today we're talking about dreaming a brand and branding a dream, one of equity and achieving your full potential. So seven years ago, uh, I was a contributor at Forbes, uh, and I had a special treat of interviewing today's guest, Ian Michael Brock. And uh, it was kind of interesting. You were only 12 at the time. Uh, and uh, so it was a, it was a, a new one for me too. And I remember um, you know you talked at that time about selling cookies to raise money to bring computer science uh, you know into your public school. And that was uh, you know since this is the marketing madhouse, your first brand, which is Dream Hustle Code. Um, so I'm now happy all these years later, feels like a whole lifetime later, seven right. years um, to be here in person with you and uh, so, we're going to talk about some of the things that we talked about when you were 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, just tell our listeners, who who is Ian Michael Brock? And um, tell us about Dream Hustle Code. Oh, I got to keep this brief then. So Ian Michael Brock is a 19-year-old kid born and raised from Chicago. He's an entrepreneur, a computer science activist, an activist for change. But more so than anything, I've always been passionate about giving back to others. Ever since I was a child, I remember my parents, they would always have given me a bunch of toys for my birthday. I would receive a bunch of gifts for Christmas, but I knew I wasn't going to use all of it. So what mm-hmm. we did was on Christmas Eve, we would go to the hospital near our house and give it to the kids that needed it most, that were more, that needed it, that were needed the toys in order for the holidays to enjoy themselves. When I was like two years old, I remember my sister was selling brownies to raise funds for water wells in Africa. I was out there in that hot summer selling those brownies yep. to people. And so throughout my entire life, it's always been the mindset of what can I do to give back to not only others, but my community. And so that's what I've done through Dream Hustle Code. My mindset is, okay, how can I put others, kids in my generation, in the Mm -hmm. best position to become the best versions of themselves, but also help them to get to where they want to go? So we've been doing this through tech, computer science, as well as financial literacy and personal development, bringing that access to those who are underrepresented in the tech space. And so I've been doing this for the past nine years, actually almost 10 years now. Crazy to say that because I'm only 19. I know. <laughs> but, um, and so, yeah, that's what Dream Hustle Kid Code is. That's who Ian Brock is. And that's why I want to continue to strive to so, be. So let's talk about this. So, you know, one of the things when you're in marketing, which I am, you know, that it's it's essential to be authentic, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Yes. The, the young man today is the same person that I talked to. There's just a few differences, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, you just now mentioned that you want to help, you know, kids just like you. Absolutely. And, you know, that was one of the things that we talked about. And I remember it. Um, will you tell me a little bit about, you know, you talked a lot about your classmates and you mm-hmm. were starting through the work that you had done with your parents. Um, you were starting to get access. You were starting to do some talks. Um, and you really wanted your peer group to have some of those same experiences. And so I think there was something about a seventh grade class uh, trip. And so why don't you talk a little bit about what were you doing at that time when you were when you were 12? So <laughs> that's crazy because that was seven yeah. years ago. But to give a little bit of backdrop, in the fall or December of 2016, I had been invited to speak on an education panel at Google. Right, talking about technology, education, and the future of that. And so at the end of it, 
I had a chance to get a tour of Google. Now, mind you, I'm only 12 years old. Right. So being at Google was huge for me. So we got a tour of the whole entire L.A. campus, got to see the graffiti, got to see the studios. They had free food. Oh, my <laughs> That's goodness. The best part that was the best part of everything. It's always. Yeah. And so after that experience and then also being able to get a tour in February at the Mountain Views headquarters, I was not only thinking about how amazing the experience was, but also I thought, how can I bring the same experience to mm-hmm. my friends? Because mm-hmm. I've been blessed and fortunate to have a lot of amazing opportunities, but I don't want to be the only one who right. has this opportunity. Right. So my team and I, my parents and I, we came up with the idea, why don't we take a group of 100 high school mm-hmm. or middle school students to Silicon Valley so that they could visit different tech companies and get a chance to see a bigger vision of what's possible for the future. And so it wasn't going to happen in seventh grade year, but the goal was to have it in the summer of 2018. Mm -hmm. So at that time, I was in school during the summer of 2017. I became homeschooled. And so we had been working super, super hard, going after sponsorship, going for donors, going for even raising funds in our own network to see how can we make this happen. And so we had gotten three sponsors on board to take care of the trip. And literally a month before or a couple of days before our deadline was due, those three sponsors backed out. And so you have, you have to make deposits. Yeah. We told all these parents, these families, even some mm. of my friends at school. Which is really the worst part, right? Right. Yeah. It's letting people down. Yeah. And so that was disheartening for us because, you know, we put in all of this work for a year and a half mm-hmm. and now it wasn't going to happen. And so we had a decision to make. It was either we were going to scrap the trip altogether mm-hmm. or we were going to push it back another year. And as painful as it was, we, we just pushed it back another year. Um, we kept going through the same process of raising funds. Um, and then what made the difference was the marketing aspect. Mm-hmm. So I had been posting on my Twitter as well as on my Dream Hustle Code Instagram account about my the work that we were doing raising funds for this trip to Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. And I made a post on my Instagram that was talking about the violence in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And the head of media sales at BET, Mr. Lewis Carr, he caught wind of this post and he DM'd me. He was like, mm-hmm. Ian, I want to help you out. What can I do to help you? And so we scheduled Lucky a meeting. Lucky you, you actually read the DMs, right? right? That would That's be a good me. thing. be like three years later, oh, man. I missed okay. out on this opportunity. <laughs> and so we had the meeting. We talked about the trip. And he said, you know, Ian, I'm going to do something for you. Not only am I going to reach into my pockets and fund your trip, I'm going to get BET to come on board to pitch in a little bit. Not only that, I'm going to fly in the crew to Chicago to film a mini doc about your work. Then I'm going to have you speak on the red carpet on the main stage of the red carpet at the BET Awards in front of millions of people to talk about your story. No pressure. And so, you know, I was 13, 14 years Mm -hmm. old at that time, so Mm -hmm. I didn't really understand it, but I knew it was something big. Right. And so, (laughs) you know, having that experience, I learned that resilience is key, right? Never giving up, especially if you have a vision and a dream that not only impacts your life, but impacts others. You can't stop because if you stop, not only will you have missed out on certain opportunities for yourself, but you might have just missed out on being able to change families for generations. hundred percent. You know, it, it, just listening to you talk about any of these things is it's truly entrepreneurial, right? Like even when you were talking about the trip and the trip couldn't happen, it's not that the trip wasn't happening. It's not happening now, right? And, and an entrepreneur has to understand that. The timing may be off, but we're going there. Absolutely. It's just a matter of time. One of the biggest things I learned mm-hmm. was that in entrepreneurship, it's always going to take longer than you expect. And costs a lot more than you mm-hmm. expect, but if you stick with it, it might just yep. happen. Right? Keep on, keep on, keeping on. Um, so, you know, in preparation for today, I went back and reread the Forbes article because, mm-hmm. of course, <laughs> and uh, and we'll drop the uh, link in the in the podcast. But 
it was just really interesting. And, you know, back then, I know that you talked about, um, you know, having to get time off of school, which can be difficult. And your mom checked you out and we did a phone interview. Um, And so, you know, you, you talk about, you know, all this opportunity and, you know, even, you know, you're talking right now about responsibilities and and. I was interviewing you, and maybe sometimes people forget the responsibilities they have with the questions that they ask someone. Um, But uh, apparently I asked you a question during the Forbes interview, and it changed some things. And so uh, can you tell me what question I asked you? So I'm going to paraphrase this because I don't remember word for word. But you said if you're an entrepreneur and you're doing all this work in six years down the line, you're going to have so much experience. You might have more experience than your own professors. So what would be the point of you going to college? Mm-hmm. That's what I remember. Mm-hmm. And so it's pro- that's a lot more eloquent than whatever I asked you, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, but I mean, that's again, that is an example of responsibility. Right. I, I riff about these things. I talk to a lot of people. Um, I was a, a college dropout. So mm-hmm. I moved to Atlanta when I was 18. And, you know, I worked my way up. So I know it can be done. Absolutely. Um, but uh, how. How did that kind of uh, seed that got planted with me asking that question, how did you take that forward? So you were 12. What happened after the Forbes interview, and, and where did you kind of go with that with that challenge question? So honestly, for me, it didn't really hit home until about six months to a year later. But mm-hmm. for my parents, it, like, shifted their whole mindset because mm-hmm. they had always – we as a, as a team, as a family, right, because my family is my team mm-hmm. – the whole objective was go to Harvard because yep. when I was eight, I asked them, what's the best, the number one college in America? They said Harvard. So yep. that was my goal. And so when you pose that question to us, because my parents were listening mm-hmm. at that time as well, that was like a, a different possibility. It's like the butterfly flick. Right. You kind of gave us a different pathway or opened our eyes to a different pathway that mm-hmm. we didn't see for ourselves. And so during that summer in 2017, my mom was thinking about, why don't you just do homeschool? Reason being is because that my seventh grade year, I had missed a total of two to three months of school because mm-hmm. I was traveling, doing speaking engagements, doing interviews. I had spoken on the same stage as Mr. Ray Lewis at one event. I had interviewed Mr. Ben Horowitz of Andreessen Horowitz during that whole entire year and spoke mm-hmm. at Google. But I was missing school, still getting good grades. And so it was, okay, you're missing so much school. Why don't you just take time off, do the homeschool thing so you can focus on your work? but also not be distracted of having to go to a physical building. And at first I hated it because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not, I don't want to do this because I'm yeah. a social guy. I love yeah. interacting with people. Yeah. I was selling candy at school at that time. Yep. And so I was making money to interacting with my friends. I was doing great in middle school. Um, see, she somehow convinced my dad to do it. And so I was, it, it's funny because there are moments in my life where it was a split second decision that made mm-hmm. the difference. And so this was it's one the way, of those. It's split that way in decisions. everybody's life. You you know, you never know that one pathway. Absolutely. You know? And so I chose we did the homeschool thing. I'm so glad I did because that same year I ended up speaking at We Day Chicago in front of fifteen thousand students. And then that fall I ended up interviewing Miss Oprah Winfrey for my book. All right, that's a perfect place for us <laughs> to put a pen in in this segment because you got names. You got names and you got experience well beyond uh, any 19-year-old that I know. So we're going to pause on Miss Oprah Winfrey, uh, and we will be back in a minute with Marketing Madhouse and Ian Michael Brock. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. I'm Moira Vetter, and we are back on Marketing Madhouse with our guest, Ian Michael Brock. Um, so there's so much to talk about because you have crazy stories and crazy life experience and amazing things. Um, and so we're going to try to hit a lot of it fast and furious. Okay. Um, you know, in that first interview uh, that we had years ago, obviously there was a lot of um, aspiration, right? There's a lot of dreaming. You know, you talked about um, opportunities to speak. I know you're very involved in your church, and you were already showing a lot of these um, signs of leadership. Um, but, you know, since then, you have done some amazing things in terms of speaking, your network. Um, but talk a little bit about uh, around that time you did the Forbes interview, and then I think you started off on a tear interviewing people, which really is what introduced you uh, to all of these amazing people, I think, at the beginning. So talk about that network and, and what were these interviews? So at that time, I decided, or we as a team, I decided to write a book about success for kids. And so mm -hmm. the goal was to interview highly successful people, take the lessons that they had shared, and write it in a book through the voice of a kid. Mainly because when, through the work that we had done with Dream Hustle Co., we noticed that a lot of kids, when they came across challenges, they wanted to give up and quit. And it's mm -hmm. mainly because they didn't have the right mindset, but also the personal development tools necessary. They didn't have those things to be able to overcome those challenges. Right. And so since I had been learning personal development since I was four, it just made sense to write that book. Yep. So the goal was just to interview as many highly successful mm -hmm. people as possible. So we came up with this long list. It was like 400 people. And so we said, okay, who can we interview and what can we do now? So I started interviewing people in my network. And the one thing that I, and this is why relationships are so important. Yeah. At the very end of my interview, I would always ask each person if there were three people that they could introduce me to mm -hmm. that I could interview whether it was specific people I wanted to meet or people that they thought would be perfect. Yeah. Note, so, note to everyone listening, you should do that at the end of every conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so the I remember this led to so many amazing interviews with people like Miss Oprah Winfrey mm -hmm. and Mr. Steve Harvey. But all of those things were started off with relationships with Miss Oprah Winfrey. It all started with me meeting an individual from, or my mom meeting an individual from a TEDx event, Mr. Shaka Senghor. Mm -hmm. So he had been incarcerated for 19 years for a murder that he had committed when he was a child or when mm -hmm. he was younger. And so he went through, while he was incarcerated, he wrote his own book called Writing My Wrongs. Mm -hmm. and so that became a New York Times bestseller. Um, and Miss Oprah Winfrey, she called one of the book and she brought him on his show or he she brought him on her show. Uh -huh. And so because that show was so well and she loved the book they became best friends yeah so i interviewed mrs Sengor for my book actually before we did our forbes interview mm -hmm. three months before that and i asked him after i did the interview i asked him can i interview miss winfrey and he told me 
I wouldn't do that now. Nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, getting to Oprah is not easy anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, and at that time, I just wasn't ready, and I kind of understood it. I was only yeah. 12 in seventh grade. But then two years later, I came back to him when I was 14, and I asked him, do you think you can introduce me to Miss Winfrey? Mm-hmm. And he said, let me ask her. So we mm-hmm. shot this whole video. I texted it to him. He sent her the mm-hmm. video. Literally, it got done within two weeks after sending amazing. that message. Absolutely so, amazing. And then Mr. Steve Harvey, that all came from the relationship I had with Dorea from Google, the person mm-hmm. that interviewed me or that invited me to my first panel at Google. That was the person that interviewed or introduced me to Christopher Gray, who was the founder of Scali. Now, he introduced me through Scali. Christopher Gray introduced me to Mr. Robert F. Smith, the wealthiest black man in America. And I got a chance to meet him at the night gala in 2019, mm-hmm. the UNCF gala. And so because of those relationships through Dorea, she also introduced me to the Steve Harvey camp. I spoke at his young youth's men's camp in the summer of 2018 and then interviewed Mr. Harvey after that event. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of those things stem from building relationships. That's why I say one of the greatest things one of my closest friends said was relationships is greater than money because you could have 100%. all the money in the world. But if no one likes you, if no mm-hmm. one wants to be around you or in your circle, mm-hmm. then what can you really do with that money? But having those relationships, it yep. allows you to go into rooms and be invited into places that you never thought would be possible for yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, in, in marketing circles about influence, right, mm-hmm. and influencers. And they think that means being popular or being visible. But really, it's about knowing the right people and, and knowing the people that can help you and advance, you know, a mission, which is is what you have. Um, so a question, you know, when when you talk about these names, you know, a lot of people see those names and they go, ooh, celebrities, right? You you met a celebrity, which is, you know, maybe that's your first instinct. But, you know, I get the sense from you that these people are uh, inspirations. They're powerful. They, you know, they, they know the right people. And they've been able to really help connect you to important things on the journey. So can you just talk about that a little bit? Because, you know, for anybody that just hears a list of names, they think, oh, he's been introduced to celebrities. How, what do these people mean to you? I would say, number one, some of them have turned into mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I look at them as regular human beings, right? You see celebrities, you I think as a as a collective, we tend to glorify them. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're just human beings. And I try and treat them as such, right? My goal is how can I get the information that they had or that they learned to get to mm-hmm. where they're trying to or get to where they got, right? Mm-hmm. And so from people from Mr. Harvey, like just understanding his story from how he quit his job from trying to be a comedian. And then he was living in his car for years, mm-hmm. but then he finally took off. And now he's at the place where he is now. Miss Oprah Winfrey coming to Chicago, being the news anchor, being on television, doing all those different things. Mm-hmm. And I remember this like it was yesterday. The biggest lesson I learned from Miss Oprah Winfrey, oh, and it was it was so powerful because it was so eye-opening. She said, you are just a piece of the puzzle of the greater universe, mm-hmm. right? And so although your life isn't just about you, every decision that you make can touch tens hundreds Mm -hmm. possibly even thousands or even millions of people's Mm -hmm. lives Mm -hmm. and so you have to every single day when you're making certain decisions you have to be careful what you choose to say yes Mm -hmm. and no to Mm -hmm. and that was eye-opening for me because it made me realize that what I'm doing every single day is greater than me it's not just about me it's not just about my family it's about my community it's about the world really yeah and so all those different individuals that I've been blessed and fortunate to meet 
I try and take it as a stepping stone for me to be able to use those lessons and share them with others. Because again, it's not just about me. It's not a me, about me meeting these celebrities. It's what I can do with the information that I gather from them to share with others. Mm-hmm. Now, it's it's amazing. And, um, you know, again, I, I think that, uh, you know, you describe yourself initially as an entrepreneur, you know, and entrepreneurs are scaling things, creating movements, doing things to bring people along, to bring them up. You need, you know, to have something bigger than yourself, you know, to, to go after. So you have all those all those tools already working for you. Um, so, you know, on that note, my experience with business at the beginning of the pandemic, right, everybody had everybody found the, the end of the Internet, right, because of the bandwidth issues. Right. And um, so talk about that a little bit, because I think uh, you didn't you have to use cell phones well, and how did you do this hookup? Because you're talking about 5000 people. That's a lot of technology and right. servers. So what did that look like? So, okay, it was interesting because right before the pandemic, or no, during the pandemic, we had canceled our internet service because, <laughs> oops, <laughs> right, because again, the pandemic had happened, mm-hmm. right? We didn't know what was going to mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. So it was either between our phones or our internet service. We canceled mm-hmm. the internet service. So at that time, I was using a laptop that took 15 minutes to boot. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And it would take two minutes to open a new tab on Google Chrome. Mm-hmm. And because we didn't have internet, we had our phones, so we would use our mobile hotspots. Right. And it got to a point where our hotspots were so bad that I had to use a plug to plug it into my computer. Mm-hmm. So I'm teaching, what, 20 kids, and these are middle schoolers, mm-hmm. right? So they're mm-hmm. expecting everything to be smooth, right? Yep. They, and if it doesn't work right, they're going to complain. Mm-hmm. And so I had to become creative by using, uh, obviously, our hotspot, but also use other things like the personal development, incorporating music, incorporating mm-hmm. gaming into our classes to be able to keep their attention. Because, again, this was the beginning of the pandemic, mm-hmm. short attention spans, 12, 13-year-olds, mm-hmm. trying to keep them engaged is, uh, lack of a better term, a very interesting task. Mm-hmm. But we were able to do so. And, again, it, it's all about utilizing the tools that you have at hand. For me, I've learned that God always gives you everything that you need in the moment mm-hmm. to get what you need to get done. Mm-hmm. And so a month later, we ended up u- buying, getting better internet than we, uh-huh. than we had before to be able to sustain all the work that we were trying to do. But it was a learning experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm grateful that we went for it because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have learned all the lessons, all the tricks that I had learned by yep. going through that. But again, you always have the tools that you need in the moment that you need them to get what you want done. It's just, are you going to utilize them in the right way and take that first step to get it done? Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit. You know, you, you've talked about growing up and kind of moving from the the coding, you know, sort of very basic look at coding and trying to get those skills into your school with your peer group into more experiential concepts. Um, and then, you know, the pandemic happens, which I think for everybody made us rethink all the things. So what happened as you're going on this meteoric rise and then boom, welcome the pandemic? What happened? Um, it was it was an interesting time for us. Um, and as crazy as it may sound, it was really an opportunity because it gave us the chance to see if everything that we had done in person would work in a virtual space. So. At the beginning of the pandemic, it was a Wednesday. I think it was March 18th. We started this new nerd, our new nerd live classes where I was teaching computer science and personal development to kids from 6th through 12th grade 
Monday through Friday for five to six hours every single day. And who were these kids? Where where are they from? These were kids from all over the U.S. Okay. So we were, again, using marketing through social media, mm-hmm. just reaching out to different parents and organizations, seeing who would be interested in coming on board. Okay. So our first class, we started with 11 students, right? And it was interesting because at that time we had just canceled our internet. And we were doing this from our mobile hotspots on our phone, mm-hmm. right? So it was interesting because my computer was taking 15 minutes to boot up, two minutes to open a new Google Chrome tab. That was very interesting trying to keep mm-hmm. those kids engaged. But um, I learned a lot of valuable lessons, so we continued that for 15 weeks. And then we upgraded our internet, which allowed us to have more bandwidth and actually do more things through our classes. And in the summer of 2020, we were able to partner with McDonald's to onboard 300 students for free virtual into our new North Live classes during our summer camp. So we did the summer camp, and throughout this whole progression, again, taking everything that I had done in person, seeing if it would work in a virtual space, I started this speaker series. So again, the idea Mm -hmm. from that came from me interviewing people for my book before. Right. And I thought, why don't I just interview people live during the classes? So we brought on people like Mr. Bob Johnson, the founder of BET. Oh, that's Mr. amazing. R. Donahue Peebles, the number one black real estate developer developer in America. We brought on other speakers, even my mentor, Mr. Jeff Hoffman, who mm-hmm. is the co-founder of Priceline and the inventor of the ticket kiosk at airports. And so, again, taking all those things, mm-hmm. seeing if it would work, the personal development, computer science, speaker series, that evolved into something more where it gave us another opportunity to start an event called Teen Tech Live. And so think of Teak Tech Live as the combination of CES, South by Southwest, and a massive gaming tournament all in one, Mm -hmm. right? You got tech, gaming, entrepreneurship, music, sports, all these different things to really showcase the different possibilities in these industries to kids who never thought this was possible for themselves. Right. And so we started our first event, our first Teen Tech Live virtual event during Black History Month in 2021. So we had partnered or worked with different schools, right, reaching out to them because, again, we don't want to compete with the schools. We're trying to find ways to work with them to have them come on board during the school day. We worked with our partners at Community and Exposure to put on this event to help us actually do this virtually. And, again, having speakers from Twitch, having speakers from Amazon, from Twitter, from Microsoft, being able to bring all of these individuals to talk on their success stories and share their lessons in the tech space to kids who were come tuning in virtually. You know, it's inter- I think it's like perfect timing too mm-hmm. because I, you know, I remember, you know, we all got through 2020 right. and we learned our tools and we, you know, learned to become virtual, but I I do feel like 2021 was about where's the good content, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people still weren't back. Schools weren't back. Right. I can imagine, you know, that, that these partnerships, they were looking for someone with the kind of substance, you know, Absolutely. that you had. Um, how did you get to McDonald's? How did you make that connection? <laughs> that So we have to go back to the Silicon Valley trip. So that whole story, the person that actually helped raise those funds and actually got me to the BET Awards, Mr. Lewis Carr, who's my mentor. Mm-hmm. He was the one that introduced us to the good peoples at McDonald's at the BET Awards. Oh, that's excellent. He introduced us to that camp. In fact, right before the pandemic, I had done a little commercial or some social media post with them. Uh So they were already familiar with my work. And during the pandemic, it was really, again, we were just trying to figure out how we were going to sustain the classes. And we thought, how can we partner with somebody to be able to onboard these kids for free? 
because mm-hmm. we don't want to make them pay for it. Right. But we also do need funding to make sure that we can grow this thing. Right. And so, again, relationships. We reached out to our partners that, that we had at McDonald's. They were excited about it. They asked us a couple questions uh, asking us about the vision for it and how McDonald's fit into it. And it was really easy because I'd been eating McDonald's since I was like three. <laughs> Haven't we all? Yeah. <laughs> My dad was working at a job so that he could eat at during the summer at McDonald's mm-hmm. to get a Big Mac and milkshakes and mom would go mm-hmm. get McDonald's over the weekends as a treat. And so like McDonald's has been a part of my life yeah. since the beginning, but it was just a perfect and natural fit. And so it was all through relationships and also being able to tie the two worlds and connect them together. That's how we were able to get them on board to get those kids, those 300 kids in for free. So talk about Teen Tech Live for a minute from the standpoint of, because I feel like, um, you know, I'm in the marketing field. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people that we used to help with physical trade shows, you know, went to virtual and yeah. now they're back virtual. It's hybrid. Everything's right. hybrid. So what is what has become of Teen Tech Live coming through the pandemic? What is it now? Is it a hybrid event? Is it virtual? Is it in person? What is it? How many people are there? So, right. So the original idea of Teen Tech Live was to bring this in person. Mm -hmm. And so, again, the pandemic changed all of that. And we were doing it virtually. But like you said earlier, everybody's going back to doing hybrid. That's what we're focusing on now for the December of 2023. Our goal is to be able to host this thing not only virtually, but also do it in the city of Chicago. Mm -hmm. Be able to invite the schools, middle schools and high schools to be able to participate. Look at the different tech events or the different possibilities in tech and gaming but also bring, again, the entertaining side of it. Because what we've learned is you can't just throw computer science, or let's just say education, right. at kids. Yeah. You have to find a way to get them engaged. Mm-hmm. And how we do that is through entertainment. So having the music, having the gaming, having the guest speakers, the quote-unquote influencers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. come on board to speak to the kids about the possibilities. That's what we want to do and bring in person. So do you have... Do you have a venue? Do you have a sponsor for that? We're working on all that right now. So we're working to try and partner with the city of Chicago as well as the schools in Chicago to be able to bring this event in person. Got it. Okay. Opportunity major sponsors. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, We're looking for as many as we can. Yes. No, I I think that's amazing. Um, Again, the, the opportunity that you're creating for people. Um, you know, especially, you know, uh, talking about personal development and financial literacy, you know, y- you talk about it in terms of, you know, th- being needed for the youth. I think it's needed for everyone in the country, right? It's, it's, it's just a gap. It's a gap in our performance and our ability. Right. Um, so anything that you can do to make that entertaining and interesting uh, furthers our whole society. So uh, be sure to keep that up. Um, so we are going to be back in a minute with uh, Ian Michael Brock, and we are going to continue talking about this very interesting journey he's on. Um, he knows lots of people and uh, is really kind of uh, working on a house of brands, I would say, and uh, doing an amazing job. So we will be right back. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. 
Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. And we're back with Marketing Madhouse and my very special guest today, Ian Michael Brock. Um, again, it's it was crazy to have done that interview all those years ago. And, um, you know, it's half your life. It's been a few years for me, right? <laughs> it, it just uh, – so this is, this is really um, amazing. You know, I think you're an inspiration not only to your peer group. You're an inspiration to me because you're just doing it. Um, and so – This is the marketing madhouse, and one of the things that we usually do is talk about some craziness. Now, Mm. ordinarily, that's a CMO, and they're talking about some crazy budget constraint they were under this one time at Bandcamp when I had to do all this crazy stuff. Um, And you you had a story uh, that was pretty crazy. Uh, It starts with your relationships, and then it moves to an opportunity, Uh, and I think it had Saudi in it as a code word. So why don't you just... Tell us about that crazy story. So, so what happened uh, that that presented an opportunity for you to speak in Saudi Arabia? Okay, so let's let's give a little context to this. Mm-hmm. In February of 2022, I was a part of the McDonald's Future 22 group, and so mm-hmm. there was a group of us. They flew us out to LA to shoot a commercial. Mm-hmm. One of those Future 22 members was Lauren Simmons, right? Mm-hmm. And so she is a was one of the first black full-time traders on the New York Stock Exchange, but mm-hmm. she also was friends with my mentor, Mr. Jeff Hoffman, uh-huh. who's the co-founder of Priceline.com. So they were they knew each other because they were on a show together talking about financial literacy and entrepreneurship. And I had told my mentor about it. We had connected. He connected to both of us, and we got a chance to talk. And so after we had recorded our commercial, I called Mr. Hoffman just to, you know, catch up, talk mm-hmm. about everything. And he told me, he was like, you know what, next month I'm actually going to be speaking in Saudi Arabia at the Global Entrepreneurship Congress. And, you know, I, I wish I could have you guys, but we'll see. He said something along those yeah, lines. Yeah. And so for some reason, it didn't register in the moment. Mm-hmm. But after we hung up the phone, I was like, I thought to myself and I said to my parents, I was like, why don't I just ask to speak at the event? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we did. We texted That's them. the secret of life. Why don't I just, just go ask or even better tell them i'm gonna do it right that's my favorite don't ask just tell them you're doing it and that's what my dad says a closed mouth doesn't get fed so if you don't speak on it it'll never happen yeah and so we told him we asked somebody he said that's a great idea Mm -hmm. now mind you this was a month before the event so it would be one thing if it was in either a couple months it would be another thing if it was in the same country yeah we didn't even have our passports mm-hmm. and so this was still we were coming out of the pandemic so trying to get passports was a headache my dad thought we were gonna have to fly to puerto rico to get passports mm-hmm. or somewhere in new hampshire and so again through god and through relationships we had knew some of the congressmen in the city of chicago and mm-hmm. so i want to say three weeks before we left we were able to get in line to get our passports now the craziest thing about that is that was just my father and i mm-hmm. my mom is still a canadian citizen <laughs> So we had to drive from Chicago all the way down to Detroit. She had to drop us off, go through the tunnel, get her passport in Canada, come back, pick us up, and drive all the way back home. So we were scrambling all around just to try and get this ship together. That's that hustle. There's that hustle in there, yeah. Dream hustle Mm -hmm. code. It's part of the hustle. And so we finally got everything together. I got all the things I needed to go. We went to Saudi Arabia. And so I was going there to speak on purpose-driven entrepreneurship at, again, the Global Entrepreneurship Congress. Now, this is my first time going to the Middle East, so I didn't mm-hmm. really know what to expect. Yeah. 
Um, it was a little scary, but mm-hmm. we once we got there, we realized how amazing it was because having people not only from your country, but from countries all over the globe mm-hmm. and being able to be around like-minded individuals, that yep. was game-changing, right? Yep. Being able to speak on that panel and afterwards, we were able to make so many connections. But one of the things that my mentor told me, and he said this at the end of it, he said, the reason why I invited you is because I wanted you to see what, how big you need to take this mission. Right. And that you can't just limit it to the U.S. because you have to take this globally. He Mm -hmm. said, I want you to think global. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. When Mm -hmm. we were talking to some of the um, members that were listening on the panel, they said that some of the same challenges that kids in America face with lack of self-confidence, not Mm -hmm. having tech or personal development opportunities, they said that the kids in India, they still face those same challenges. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and like we were talking to uh, some of the friends at India, they said that India, they only showcase the top 10, 20% of students there. But what about the other 80% that aren't getting that same work and same initiative? And so going to Saudi was really eye-opening because it let us know that the work that we were doing, number one, was important, but it not only applies in America, but it applies globally. And it didn't help that we were on the royal grounds of Saudi Arabia. So everything there... When, we, when I went to the bathroom, right, when you go to the bathroom <laughs> in certain places, you see gold, right? And it Crazy. looks, it, it may yeah. not be real. Right. I found out it was real it gold. It was real gold. It was real gold. Yeah. yeah. And so understanding the amount of wealth that was there, yeah. we were at a lunch with the person that runs all of the venture capital funding in Saudi. Wow. And we were just able to have conversations to connect with them. But being in a room where I think they said that more than $5 billion worth of deals happened in that weekend alone. Something crazy like that. It's and just insane. being in that environment, it was mm-hmm. eye-opening. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. But going to Saudi at eight, 17 mm-hmm. years old, that was different. You know, all I am left thinking about when you're sort of describing this environment is somebody told me that, you know, a goldfish grows to the size of the tank mm. that it's in. And you just need to keep expanding the size of the tank that you're in, right? Absolutely. And then you can just keep growing. Um, did you say something about Steve Wozniak? Was there a Wozniak oh, yes. angle Mr. Wozniak. Yes, so, yes. So tell me about that. So while we were there, right, Mr. Hoffman, he knows everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he does it, but he knows mm-hmm. all of the wealthy individuals. Mm-hmm. I think, again, it's relationships. Yeah. He treats everybody like family. One of those good relationships has, happens to be Mr. Steve Wozniak, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think he was the founder of App Org, mm-hmm. one of the founders, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Some, he was the brains of that right, operation. The brains. Yeah, yeah. Some, somebody pretty huge, right? Yeah. And so while we were there, he was actually speaking at this event in Saudi uh, the two days before I was speaking. And so Mr. Hoffman was having breakfast with him. We showed up at the hotel. He was like, Ian, I want you to meet somebody. Mm-hmm. And so he invited us over to lunch or to breakfast. And guess who's there? Mr. Steve Wozniak. Crazy. So, mind you, again, I'm in tech, understanding the history of Apple, he and yes. Mr. Steve Jobs. Yeah. I mean, that was crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Meeting Woz. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. So not only did we have a small conversation, but he also gave me his card. He had this like mm-hmm. special little silver card that he only gives to like a couple people every trip. Uh-huh. And I was blessed and fortunate to get that card. So having a chance to eat, meet him was crazy. But on top of that, we got a chance to meet one of the co-founders of Netflix, uh, Mr. Mark Randolph. Mm-hmm. He also was speaking at the, I think, the panel the day after Mr. Wozniak. But it's amazing. all those relationships, all those people, again, like you said, it's expanding your tank. Mm-hmm. We went to, I'd say, one of the big, biggest tanks that there could be with all the most influential business people in the world. So that was just an amazing opportunity. That's, that's, that is amazing. Um, our time is getting short, so I <laughs> want to kind of uh, wrap up here with 
What is some advice that you have for the youth? Again, you've had amazing access to people and not just people, ideas, right? Ideas and, you know, I see a lot of discipline and a lot of focus. So what what are some things that you think young people should know about the world? I would say, well, about the world, relationships from the world, mm-hmm. right? So you, the relationships that you have with people, nurture them, grow them, and don't be afraid to go after starting relationships. Because sometimes I feel like in my generation, sometimes we get timid and yep. going after to introduce ourselves to people and just building those relationships, but just do it. Mm-hmm. Because you never know, even if you're not going after the CEO of the company or the CEO, high, some high executive, yep. you never know who somebody might become down the line. Exactly. So the person that you meet yep. today, the person that you meet across from you, they might become the CEO of a Fortune 500 company or they might go on to become a high or create their own business mm-hmm. that changes the world. Um, I say that's number one. Number two, I know this is going to sound crazy as teens, mm-hmm. but don't be a, stop trying to go against your parents. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. Right. <laughs> Build those that relationship with them. Um, and they're not your enemy. They're trying to help you. Right. Mm-hmm. So they want most of the time. They mm-hmm. want what's best for you. Mm-hmm. So understand that everything that they say, everything that they do, it might come off as they're being annoying, they're nagging you, but they just want what's best for you and they want you to become the best version of yourself. I, th- I think that's what makes it hard, um, even as an entrepreneur or an employer, mm-hmm. right? Is Usually what you're trying to do is help people avoid mistakes you've made right. or things that you've seen, again, to give them more leverage or more upward mobility or traction or just, you know, less yeah. tension. Um, and so I do think that, you know, that's important that they understand that. And I say, and coming from the other side, what I've learned is like, then it's about the way that people receive certain things. So you might be saying something and you might have the certain intentions to the behind what you're saying, but that other person might be receiving it in a different light. And so what I've had to learn is sometimes you have to tailor the way you say things to people, how you say it and what you say to them in order in a way where they can receive it fully and understand what you're saying is coming from a a, 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 a place of pure heartness and wanting to see them grow. Well, and you've, you've used the word relationship several times, and that's oh, the truest, everything. truest meaning of relationship is, is being able to have that exchange. So much is going on. What are you doing next? So it's a lot. So I just finished writing my first book on financial literacy called New Nerd Money. So we're going to be releasing that this fall. And I'm also going to be going on a speaking tour, speaking to middle schools, high schools, as well as universities and colleges. The goal is to hit 100 schools, right, between September and May. So that's going to be exciting, as well as hosting our Teen Tech Live 4.0 event, the hybrid version, mm-hmm. doing not only virtually, but somehow finding a way to couple that with the in-person experience in Chicago. I'm also the host, as well as one of the creative directors for the Waymaker Teen Summit that's going on this September. So we're this event is inviting 400 youth or young men to this event where they're able to empower their some themselves all around by hearing speakers again influencers people who look like them sharing their stories on success and the lessons that they learned along their journey so it's a lot going on a lot of amazing things all centered around how can i help my generation become the best versions of themselves i'm super excited about it again any sponsors that are interested in being part of the of this feel free to reach out but I'm super excited, Ms. Vetter. And again, thank you so much for allowing me to come on board to share my story. Well, I want to thank you so much, uh, Ian. It has been amazing to have you here. Uh, you know, you were on the end of a phone last time. Uh, you're amazing. You know, keep on dreaming. Keep on hustling. Keep showing people how to build a brand. 
um, you know, be the change they want to see in the world. And remember, there's a fine line between genius and insanity, and we're walking it. Until next time, I'm Moira Vetter, and this was my guest, Ian Michael Brock, on Marketing Madhouse. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.